Isaac Perry. Arthur Turnbull. Yeah, so did you see that Batgirl trailer, that CW series? <laughs> so you're just starting off. With, oh, you know, something I'm that, starting off. That got you. I'm assuming you feel okay. I'm good. I'm good. It's good to see you, man. You know? It I mean, is listen, good to see full you. disclosure, most of the times we have to do this, you know, when we're two different places. Right. So it's good to actually have you back in the, uh, the, in the Batcave, man. And, you know, we're back in the Batcave, in the flesh. Face, in the flesh. Overdressed. Overdressed <laughs> for Chicago. You were hot this morning? Ah, man. I, yeah, I didn't need the jacket that I brought. You know, it was, um, what's today? Today, as we're recording this, it's Thursday the 3rd. I think like two days ago, it was like 90 degrees. I think today it was like 60 degrees. So Yeah. Yeah, typical, you know, switch into fall. Uh-huh. But you're coming from a hot place, so you. I'm you coming go. from a real hot place, and I love fall. But my whole temperature gauge is is the calibration is totally off. So you saw a high 65, and you got like mittens and like a hat out. I and... just came prepared, so I thought. <laughs> right. But you know, and you were sweating. I was, yeah, I was warm because I walk fast. <laughs> yeah, you you got your city walk. Back. <laughs> you got your Chicago walk back. Yeah. Okay, that's good. That's when good. you cross against the light, it all comes back. To <laughs> <laughs> muscle, muscle memory. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's cool um so speaking of chicago yes i did see um the is it bad it's not bad girl it's bad woman it's bad woman bad right? woman bad woman okay so i did see the, the cw bad woman trailer um do you okay my initial thoughts on that trailer um and I, I actually i think it's the same one i saw it's not a new one i think i saw this like about two or three months ago okay um it's, and it's like a three minute trailer it's a long trailer and now, you know what, as a matter of fact, I know I saw it three months ago because when it when they first dropped it, it got um, a lot of love, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of love from a certain audience. Then, a, a, you know, it got a lot of trolls on online saying uh-huh. certain negative things. Um, but, yeah, I feel like the, you know, the Chicago thing it was shot here in the city and you can see the B-roll and the aerial shots, I think, were dope. You know, I thought it really... Um, some of those aerial shots of the city, I think, are almost up to the same level as the Dark Knight. Um, you know, when they when Nolan did his aerial shots of mm-hmm. the skyline. Mm-hmm. Um, visually, it looks good. Story wise, I'm just like I just I, at this point, I think it's maybe it's a CW thing. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's because I, I wasn't connecting with it. And I just felt like it like was like an aesthetic. And it's, yeah, an aesthetic. Mm-hmm. The way that they they write, you know, and it's like it's very heavy handed writing. You know, it's very like. This is what this show is about. We're going to reinforce these ideals. We're yeah. going to have these one-liners that kind of, um, you know, they're supposed to be kind of slyly saying what we want to say, but really it's like really on the nose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe that's just a CW, like you said, maybe that's their aesthetic. So um, I don't know. I wouldn't, I was kind of, I was liking it. I appreciated it. I guess I'll say I appreciated it, but it's not something I'm probably going to watch. What Why do you, you appreciate it? I appreciate it because, like I said, visually it looked good, uh-huh. um, and I think that the, I forgot the actress's name, the uh, the lead, Ruby uh, Ruby Rose. Right, she's she looks like she's going to she's she looks like she's going to kill it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? She looks like she is going to um, embody what they want to get you know out of their Batwoman, and it looks like they're going to roll her up probably in this Arrowverse. Um, you know, with I think Arrow is actually ending, but. Um, you know, you got the Flash, you got Black Lightning, you got um, Supergirl, Superwoman, um, or is it Supergirl? Supergirl, Supergirl. Um, kind of what I thought it was Batgirl, right? So I mean, Batgirl is technically is Barbara Gordon. Uh-huh. This is uh, I don't know who. There's it's, been a bunch of different Batwomen. Yeah, it's a cousin. It's Bruce Wayne's cousin. Okay, um, see, I'm her not name up on is. Uh, I'm trying to find it here, but keep going. Here, so I mean, that's why I say I appreciate the way 
you know, what they're trying to do and the, the look of it and the feel of it. And I think it's going to go um, hand in hand with those other CW shows. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's not my thing. Man, I'll probably, you know what, I'll watch the first episode. You know, I'll do that. I watched, I did, I watched the first couple episodes of Black Lightning. Um, but I'll just, you know, these CW shows, man, they're just, they're not, they're not my thing right now. Yeah. Um, her name is Kane. Her name is Kate Oh, Kane. Cassandra Kane? Ye- uh, well, they say Kate in this article. Kate Kane. Looking. They yeah. may have invented somebody, man, for this, because there's been several different, in the comments have been several different people who have been um, Batwoman. You know? uh-huh. And I think, actually, I think in Birds of Prey, it's Cassandra Kane and Bur- I think Cassandra Kane maybe in Birds of Prey. Um, so I, you know, there's 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 different iterations. But you, so did you? How did you feel about it? Did you like it? No, I didn't at all. Nothing, nothing about it was appealing. Well, to no, me. I, I I did take I did take note to the aerial shots that you that mm-hmm. that you noted. I did take note to Chicago being part of the part um, um, as Gotham City. Yeah, as Gotham City, I was like you know like part of the story, like the city, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the. Uh, big thing about uh batman and bruce wayne it's gotham city it's mm-hmm. it's protecting the city so the right. city has a life a lifeblood in the storyline itself a character mm-hmm. even but yes it's um it does have those same um well, what's the word for it? tropes if mm-hmm. you will as the flash and and supergirl mm-hmm. um there's there's going to be a love triangle I don't need to see a trailer to tell you there's, there's going to be a love triangle. <laughs> right. <clears throat> you know what I mean? There's going to be, be a love interesting triangle. interesting because be... she, I believe, because um, I think Ruby Rose um, in real life is LGBTQ. I can't, I can't say uh-huh. the initials, but she's, and I, I think that in this, and I remember in the, in the trailer, yeah, there was she's some... coming to the rescue. I yeah. Think that's how she gets into the, the whole, you know, situation of becoming Batwoman is because she's protecting her girl, you know, mm-hmm. the woman she's in love with. Mm-hmm. Um, or something, you know, it's, it's hard to tell from the trailer, but from what I can tell, um, she's in a relationship, or maybe she was in a relationship with this woman, and mm-hmm. then something happens, mm-hmm. and that draws her into it. It has a very um, soap opera-ish uh, effect for yeah, me CW in the writing. Shows, and, yeah. and, and CW shows, right, not, right. not, not, not just Batwoman. Yeah. And, and I, think, um, I, I think I'm a little turned off by that. Um, I didn't like the geeky brother. The dude, the dude. The, yeah, um, I didn't either. The, I think he's playing. Lu- I, I'm guessing he's playing Lucius Fox's son or something. Or maybe he's playing Lucius, a young. Like he's Lucius the guy. Fox. He's the Q. Yeah, in he's this? the Q. But he's you know he's timid and you know you can't go down there. Come on, dude. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's Batman. <laughs> it's like yeah, show up. <laughs> why, you know, Morgan Freeman in the Nolan movies. Uh-huh. I liked him. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? As Lucius Fox, especially in Batman Begins. Mm. Remember, because he was kind of like f all y'all. You know, but. Mm-hmm. This, this, that, the dude in the trailer, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling him. But you know, I mean, these shows aren't, the shows aren't for us. But you know what? I say that and I agree with you, but then I know a lot of people in our age group and in our realm who, who watch these shows, you know, these CW shows are, 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 have been very successful. And Mm -hmm. I think that to your point, yeah, their target, target audience is probably, I don't know, teens to mid twenties, maybe. Um, but they seem to, to skew larger than that. You know, mm-hmm. they seem to have attracted a larger audience based on that. I'm a, I'll, I'll give it a chance. Are you going to watch the first episode or no? Or you want me to watch it? Then I'll tell you what. You I know. prefer that. Okay. All right. I'll do that. <laughs> so what's up? What's, um, what's, what's been going on? I know you, we got a lot to get through in this show. So what's, yeah. what's going on? So this Spider-Man's back in the MCU. Mm. Sony and Disney worked it out. Um, we and called I, it. We called it. We did call it. We mentioned it. And we I feel we should just move on. Two. Do you, I mean, so when you saw it, you weren't surprised at all? Mm, I was surprised uh, how fast mm-hmm. it happened. Mm-hmm. I was surprised at that. I figured that um, 
it would play out a little bit until uh, uh, going into the new year. But I mean, basically after Star Wars. You thought so? You thought they'd wait probably like January, February, and be like, okay, we you know we figured the shit out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know what though? Here's the thing that got me is that because the, the okay, so Spider Man three is slated to come out now in 2021, mm-hmm. and I was actually surprised by that. The fact that it's not that it's so quick, you know, because we got Homecoming in 2017, I think. And then we got, you know, Far From Home 2019. Yeah. So it's every two years. I thought they were going to wait, you know, three years, maybe four years. But then I saw something online. Somebody said something about how they want to make sure that they capture like their their core audience is, you know, teenagers or early 20s. Right. You know, that's what these that's who. And they're probably factoring the age, tracking the age. Right. They want to make sure they capture that crowd and don't, you know, wait three or four years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get that. But here's the most here's the, the most interesting thing that came out of this. This um, announcement to me is that is a quote from Kevin Feige. So um, he told Variety, um, you know, he said the standard things about how excited they are to work this shit out, you know, right. blah, blah, blah. Then he says, you know, Spider-Man is a powerful, this is a quote, Spider-Man is a powerful icon and a hero whose story crosses all ages and audiences around the globe. He also, oh, I just marked that out. I can't read that. He also something, something, something to be the only hero with the superpower to cross cinematic universes. The only hero with this, with the superpower to cross cinematic universes. So as Sony continues to develop their own Spideyverse, mm-hmm. you never know what surprises the future, the future might hold, end quote. So when Kevin Feige is saying making a point, because this isn't like somebody caught him off guard. You yeah, know, he made it. This is his statement. Yeah. So when he's making a point to say that Spider-Man is the only hero with a superpower to cross cinematic universes. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to say that Sony is going to continue to develop their own Spideyverse. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? I feel like that means he's saying that is he saying that we're going to get, you know, the next uh, Spider-Man three in the MCU. Hmm. But then Tom Holland, Spider-Man, either between that time now and that time or maybe shortly thereafter will be in a Sony movie. Mm-hmm. But they'll make it clear that he's him going to another universe will actually be part of the story. In other words, it won't be like hmm. he'll just appear in a Sony movie. Be like, yo, I'm going into another universe. I'm leaving, you know, the universe that I know with, you know, Tony Stark and everybody. And I'm going over to this other universe to fight, you know, um, Tom Hardy's Venom, you know. And then he crosses back into the MCU and does mm-hmm. another MCU. I feel like why would Kevin Feige make this a point in his statement if that's, you know, if that's not the case? Or cue to a, a live action Miles Morales. Could be that. You know what I'm saying? It's like that's and, and I've seen so much coverage over the last few over the last week really about this, but nobody's yeah. really talking about that part. That's the most interesting thing to me is that he made it a point to say that. So it sounds like the deal that they struck because of because what we know is that they struck a deal for Spider-Man, excuse me, for Tom Holland Spider-Man to be in another MCU Spider-Man yeah. flick mm-hmm. and also to be in one other MCU movie. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it also sounds like they've, you know, maybe there's another part of the deal. They're just not saying explicitly, but he's also going to be in a Sony you know, movie during this time period um, with, you know, all those things about it being specific to the story that he's in a different universe. Could you see a scenario where there's a standalone Spider-Man movie that is not an MCU Spider-Man movie, but still has Tom Holland, but would take place in Sony's universe. Right. I don't, the answer I, I see that that I, I, the answer to your question is yes I do see that that could happen but mm-hmm. 
what I think from Sony's point of view, they may be like, hey, let's let the MCU handle the standalone Spider movies. We'll do a Spider Man versus Venom movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, because they're going to do a Venom 2, is, I think, is in production right now. So if Venom 2 is as popular as the first or makes as much money as the first Venom. Spider-Man could show up. Spider-Man could show up in a third, you know, in a third, you know, Venom versus Spider-Man movie. And like I said, if they make it explicit about him leaving the MCU universe, you know, momentarily to go do this, that's in, like you said, or bring Miles Morales into the situation. Sony's winning, you know, they're winning there. You know, I mean, not much has been disclosed about how they made it work. How Sony made it work. Oh, you're talking about how they made just this how that, deal just, work. Right, just how, the, how, how this resolved, where they, where they could it's still funny. move forward. It's funny you said that because today, as a matter of fact, literally like two hours ago, I heard a kind of a, um, I don't know if it's been confirmed, it might just be a rumor, that Tom Holland himself was instrumental in saying we really need to work this out. Like he's in a movie called Uncharted, um, Sony movie called Uncharted, and they, you know the rumor is that he kind of used some of his influence with Sony to mm-hmm. say, you know, I mm-hmm. really need this to work. You know, with with the Marvel, I need you guys to work this out. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know why Tom Holland would have to. You know, what I'm saying it doesn't make sense to me that he would have to be a, for Sony and, and Marvel, for Sony and Disney. Really, it's it makes sense for both of them to work this out. They both make a lot more money together than they yeah. do apart on the Spider Man thing. Um, Sony, you know, specifically, so. That but that's a rumor. So mm-hmm. but you know but to your point, yeah, we don't know. Was it always going to? Was it always a kind of a situation like, hey, we're going to have to work this out, or did they really go their separate ways for you know a month and then finally somebody picked up the phone? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think it was. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I you know, I think it was the latter. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily need neither studio needs the publicity needs to generate a controversy over Spider Man. No. to create press for 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 both of their companies you know what i mean no i mean and sony had to give it. up 25 they were giving up five percent before now they're giving up 25 percent. so mm-hmm. it's a it's a big chunk of cash that's a big jump but mm-hmm. i think from their point of view they're like listen we without you know we we benefit from having spider-man in the mcu because right. people who go see all these other mcu movies are going to go see the spider-man movie you know what I'm saying just as a check that box you know they gotta yeah. go see that spider and so i think they kind of weighed you know they had their people punch their numbers and say listen we we come out ahead you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying by having them in the spider even if we have to give up 20 more percent than we you know than we were previously so they win but speaking of um speaking of yeah speaking of feige what else happened last this week so disney announced that feige is going to make a star wars movie mm-hmm. and um Shock and all. Shock and all. And uh, shout out to, man, got to give a shout out this early in our career for a new show. <laughs> but shout out to The Rule of Two. Okay. Because. Um, Rule of Two podcast. Yeah, your boy Fernandez. Network, right? Yeah. Um, Mark Fernandez. He predicted this? Well, he, 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 th- he thought through a scenario mm-hmm. that the reason that. Kevin was coming to do a Star Wars film mm-hmm. was to right a wrong of Disney. Oh uh, yeah, that's the other news not last week. Right. Using any mm-hmm. of George Lucas's um framework mm-hmm. for episodes seven, eight, and nine. Mm-hmm. And the thought was if anyone can do justice to this material as a love letter to George Lucas, it would it's be Kevin fighting. Feige. Right. Right. I you know what? I this is this is kind of a complicated thing because okay, go back mm, 
right after the release of um, Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, there's all this controversy. Everybody's upset. Not everybody. You know, a lot of a lot of people love it. A lot of people hate it. Yeah. Point being that the fan base is more divided than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. And there was that's when you started seeing, I think, the calls for like, hey, look at how well the MCU is doing. Kevin Feige works for Disney. Let's get him over here to, you know, yeah. let's move Kathleen Kennedy out of the way and let's get him over here to, you know, take control of the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. So that started, that was, you know, almost two years ago. So him, them announcing this right now didn't shock me, you know what I'm saying? But I never, because I never anticipated Kevin Feige saying, or, you know, them moving him over to Star Wars and moving for one thing, because Kathleen Kennedy, even though, you know, some may object to the decisions that she's made as head of Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. Um, she still is like one of the most powerful and, you know, popular producers and successful producers in Hollywood. So yeah. they're not just going to, you know, brush her off to the side. They want to keep her on the squad. That's, yeah. It's just, it's, 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 it's basic, you know. Um, and she's OG. She's OG. And it's basic, you know, you don't, you don't let somebody be like that, leave your camp and then go work for your opposition. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. now you're going, you're going against her. So you keep her in the camp. So I didn't expect him to do that. And also, I didn't expect Kevin Feige to leave Marvel ever because with the Marvel universe, he can tell any story he wants to. He but, can do he can do Star Wars type stuff with Guardians of the Galaxy. He can also do Jason Bourne stuff with Black Widow. You know what I'm saying? It's like he, he can do he can do comedies with Ant-Man. It's like he can mm-hmm, do mm-hmm. whatever scenario you want to come up with. And I've heard some wild things about the upcoming uh, WandaVision show that you're not excited about. I've heard some wild things about how just crazy that show is going to be, how different that show is going to be. So with Disney Plus and MCU, there's like so much. He His his sandbox is so big, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And it's like, why leave that to go to Star Wars, which everybody's always talking about. It's this huge universe and you can do whatever you want. But really, you can't because it's all about the Force, the Empire and Skywalker. Sure. But why would he necessarily leave Marvel to do this? Well, the reason I say it like that is because... You know, I first heard the name Kevin Feige mm-hmm. through the Clone Wars animated series. Oh, you was he a producer on that? Who produced? Cl- no, that was that was um. You, you talking? Oh, about Filoni, Filoni, yeah, Filoni, 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 okay. Filoni. Dude, you almost messed my head up. I was uh, gonna say, wait a minute, sorry. Feige was involved in that. And I'm like, hold on, Feige, Filoni. Dude. My apologies. Like his resume my just apologies. got even deeper. But no, my, so, I'm but, a real but, person. I really saw all these movies. <laughs> I was I, I saw the original right. Star Wars in 1977 in the theater I'll, several times. I'll 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 for you. I wasn't I wasn't there with you, but I'll vouch for you. <laughs> um, but you my know what? apologies. But the thing was that they were calling for him to leave the MCU and head Lucasfilm. Now I don't mm. care how bad you are. There's only 24 hours in a day, so you can't be you know the head of MCU and the head of Lucasfilm and doing both things at that the high level that he's been doing for the last 10 years with the MCU. So I never saw him leaving the MCU for Star Wars. So this actually makes sense because what he's saying is I'm going to do one film, one Star Wars film. Yeah. Produce it in in in. um, He's partnering with Kathleen Kennedy to produce this, which to me says, okay, he gets to be completely creative. Yeah. Focus on that part of it. Yeah. Where she's going to handle the business end of it, you know, and and he, you know, so it's like the best of both worlds. Mm hmm. But my question, though, and, and this is something I've seen people bringing up on Twitter, but I'm going to ask you the same question. Is this a is this kind of like a either a trial, like to see how this works or is this kind of like a way to ease him in? In other words, yeah, he's doing this one film and then that's going to lead to a trilogy and then that's going to lead to he's the architect of the next 10 years of Star Wars. 
Yeah, that's a good question. Because to I mean, go ahead. So I don't think that he would. I don't know. I don't. I I don't think that he would leave, walk away from Marvel for for the for for a lot of the reasons that you stated. Mm -hmm. I think that the chance to do a Star Wars movie, if you're given a chance to do a Star Wars movie, Mm -hmm. what you gonna say no? Yeah, I mean, I mean, but this can't be the first time he's been offered one. He's had. He's. I'm sure he was five years ago when they when Disney bought Lucasfilm in was that 2012 I think they bought Lucasfilm so that's that's post MCU the MCU had started in 2008 yeah I'm sure he was you know there was at some point it was like yo do you want to be involved in this at all you know you or you know maybe maybe I'm wrong maybe they're just like no focus on the Marvel stuff we got this over here I mean maybe maybe not because I mean J.J. Abrams was it was a pretty exciting choice that he was going to direct Force Awakens Mm -hmm. um Kevin Feige could have been a thought I mean, certainly after, certainly after, I'll just take a stab here, uh, you know, maybe Age of Ultron or, or, uh, or Guardians of the Galaxy, maybe, mm-hmm. um, that he was really considered as an idea for, for doing uh, one of the spinoffs, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe not the, maybe not the, before the, they killed the spinoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be a reason for him coming on now. He's in between phases of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, not that he's got time, but he's got time. Um, they've already made their announcements for the next, what, five years mm-hmm. of MCU films. Um, this just could be a situation where it's the, it's, you know, it's just the right time for him to do it. Right place, right time. Do you they're think- still figuring out Star Wars and what they're going to do filmatically that, you know, they, they've, they've got projects in the works, mm-hmm. but after episode nine, it's not like they announced the next set of Star Wars films, they announced the next set of Star Wars TV shows on Disney Plus. Right, right. So, do you think though that this is connected? Because you started this off by bringing up what uh, Fernandez on Rule of Two said about the whole George Lucas thing. So, do you agree with that? Do you think that these two things that he is actually going to uh, that Feige's uh, movie is going to actually build off of what George Lucas pitched to um, Disney? You know, uh, what five years ago. Do you think the two things are connected? Mm, I honestly don't think the two things are connected. So you think this might be in a complete, because uh, here's the other part about this very quickly. I know we got to get to other stuff, but very quickly, here's the other part you got. They've announced already. Lucasfilm has announced already that Ryan Johnson has something coming. Star mm-hmm. Wars, you know, we're giving him a trilogy. Everybody gets a trilogy. You know, you get a trilogy, you get a trilogy. Yeah. Everybody's getting a trilogy. Ryan Johnson, uh, Benioff and Weiss. Mm hmm. Um, and now, so you throw Kevin Feige, I got to believe that they're getting like that, that other shit is getting pushed back. Cause once you, why, why put Kevin Feige's name out in, out into the universe? If you are not, if that's not your next move after episode nine, you know what I'm saying? You don't say, boom, yeah, Kevin Feige is getting a film. It comes out in 2029. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. You don't, you don't right. do that. You know, it's right. like you, you say, okay, put, we're going to tell the fans this now. We're going to let them know that Feige's in, and then post um episode nine will announce when the feige film is coming mm-hmm. you see what i'm saying you can't you can't wait you can't make him wait behind ryan johnson and benny off and weiss right i agree he's he's bigger than them you i know agree what I'm saying? he's I bigger agree. than them so, i agree and um, i don't and and yeah I, yeah I, I don't think i don't think they that disney would want to use the lucas material just because it's it could be a view of looking back mm-hmm. as opposed to moving forward but they, you know what though? What if it's what if it's 
Because I mean, every listen, everything we've read over the last week about you know, because Bob Iger said in his this book that's coming out, his memoir or whatever, yeah. that they fucked up. You know, they he basically said he apologized to George Lucas. Mm-hmm. Like you know, we didn't use his stuff. Um, we had to go with what the fans were familiar with, which right. basically was um, uh, The Force Awakens, which was you know on a, a desert, right? Which was basically a, a remix, rehash, whatever you want to call it, of the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, financially, they, it was Iger was right. They made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You know, fans were it rejuvenated not, the yeah, it rejuvenated things. If yeah. not ecstatic, most fans were at least satisfied. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then George Lucas was like, yeah, but nothing new happened. You know, you didn't. You didn't yeah. And that was an excellent point. Like it didn't, didn't move, move technology forward. It yeah, didn't, you didn't move the needle. And that's it was a feel good movie. So. So that's to, so if you think about it in that regard, if Feige is like, you know, they may say, OK, let's you know, let's move that needle forward. And the guy to help us do that, if we can take George's ideas, the guy that can actually take these ideas and make a dope ass movie is Feige. Because as much as to me, George Lucas is the big picture guy. He's the he has the biggest the big ideas and his mm-hmm. big ideas are great. Mm-hmm. But it, the sequels show to me that, you know, when it comes to actually writing dialogue and, you know, shooting those scenes. Sequels or prequels? Prequels. I'm sorry. Okay. The prequels. Uh-huh. So it's like, let's let's get somebody else in that spot, mm-hmm. like Feige, who can get the talent together and get the best script written, blah, 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 using George's ideas. You know what I'm saying? Because George has these great ideas. And then we can push the needle forward. Mm-hmm. So that that may be it. But bottom line, I don't see him waiting. I think Feige's going. I think Feige's movie is going to be the next one after Episode Nine. I agree with that, and um, I think that after Episode Nine, they're closing the book on the on the on the the Skywalker the thing? Skywalker. So that means you know Han Solo is gone, Chewbacca is gone. <sighs> what they're so just many... you know what I'm saying? They're just gone. We're you know, not going to revisit we're... that. And and I don't know anything in you know in detail about the original Lucas. We need to do an episode. Trilogy. We need to do an episode missed opportunities uh-huh. of the Star Wars sequel trilogy because Finn number one. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do the episode now, but Finn sure. number one yeah. is I think the biggest miss. But then the Han, the Han Solo death, the Luke Scott, and we need to get somebody that's going to actually disagree with us both because I know you and I are on the same page. Because mm-hmm. I know a lot of people feel like the, the sequel trilogy has been, you know, the shit. You know what I'm saying? They're I think the it. ultimate missed opportunity ever upon ever upon ever. Is Boba Fett? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that goes. I mean, that's. I mean, if you're talking about just in general, yeah, didn't pay off on the hype, yeah. And you know, this whole Phasma thing that happened was almost part two of that because it was like, ooh, she's cool, cool ass name, cool ass uniform, and then no story attached to her at all. The story attached to her was whack. She died whack. Same mm-hmm. with Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. You know, dope ass. <laughs> he had he had a couple good scenes. Yeah, I give him that. He had better scenes than Phasma had. But ultimately, the same thing to do, you know, you blinked and you missed him falling down into the pit, you know. So, yeah, that's that's a big one. But, yeah, we need to do we need to do that. Missed opportunities of a sequel trilogy. Uh, all right. Is there one more thing we want to get into before? What's the last thing? Um, oh, oh, wait a minute. OK, wait a minute. Right. What? Feige what? said that he has got a major. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Already in the works for this film. I think it's Robert Downey Jr. Who do you think? Um. I think it's uh, my man Keanu. Keanu, wow. Keanu Reeves. Or it could be Scarlett Johansson. Could be. I, I mean, do you think it's somebody he's, he's, you know, that's related to MCU? Or you think it's because Keanu is obviously not related to MCU. So you think it might be somebody outside of MCU. I do. I think it's somebody MCU. I think it's because, again, I feel that why say that if not to get us because we're all still in the afterglow of Endgame. And so how good will it feel if, you know, in May, April or May of 2020, it's announced Robert Downey Jr. 
aka Tony Starks. Well, you made my you point. Still are mourning. You made my you made my point. <laughs> you still personally it's, are mourning Tony Starks. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and he's back, but absolutely. he's in a Star Wars. But that's what I'm saying. If Robert Downey Jr. shows up uh-huh. in a Jedi robe, mm-hmm. I'm gonna think, oh man, that's Iron Man. <laughs> Tony's back. <laughs> Tony's back. He died and got transported to a galaxy. How are you? How are you not away. gonna see? I don't. Yeah. Tony Stark. Well, okay. How so are you not gonna see Tony Stark? Are you saying that Tony? That no matter what role he plays from now on, that's what you're gonna see because he's about to do another Sherlock movie. No, I'm saying another another unreal, unreal type movie. film. Okay. All right. Um, if he's in Lord of the Rings four, you're gonna be like, oh man, Tony Stark's. I don't know, man. You gotta figure. You gotta Fighting remember, dragons. Remember, Tony, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is you know he's a great actor. Yeah, you know, he is. Every, but he's he's a really really talented actor. I think he can he can flip it to make you not feel like that's Tony Stark. First of all, he'll shave the mustache. <laughs> That'll be number one. But I, I don't I, know. I, feel, I don't know. I, I don't know. And I mean, it. I, I, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't Who know. else? Okay, could it be Chris Hemsworth? Nah, he's but you, too, you too, keep he's dipping. Thor Guardians. That's too Star Warsy already. Right. Yeah. Right. I don't know. That'll be interesting to see. But I, I, I do feel like after episode nine is when we're gonna get major announcements about this Feige thing. Um, what else? Oh, tonight. It's uh it's October third, so tonight is what's opening tonight? It's Joker Night. Joker Night. It's Joker Night. Um Joker Night, um there's there's concern mm-hmm. that the um the seriousness of the portrayal of Joker Mm-hmm. Would um, encourage um, a white man to go and start shooting up theaters. I was Just trying, to, you're trying, trying to, to find a different way to say it. <laughs> I saw it on your face. You're trying to find a different way to say it. <laughs> Just say it, man. I really was. <laughs> you know what? Hey, you know what this reminds oh, me of? This, I really you know what this was. reminds me of? An old um, Chris Rock joke. When it was after, you know, comedians would joke about anything. So this was after, I don't know if it was after Columbine, but it was after some school shooting. Mm-hmm. And not that that's, a, you know, anything to joke about. But he had a bit in his, his uh, one of his stand-ups on HBO about how, you know, how crazy it is now. And you're going to see, now you're going to start seeing white people enrolling their kids in black schools so they can keep them safe. And that was one of his bits. And it reminded me, like, just now, like, what you just did. <laughs> like, can you see, like, um, white folks going to black Black uh, theaters, you know what I'm saying? Just to be safe during this damn Joker movie. Just to be safe. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm not going yeah. to see this in a white neighborhood. I don't know what the fuck going to happen. So, I, you know, I, okay, so have you heard any of the early reviews? Have you have you seen anything? No, I haven't. And and I, I haven't been looking on purpose. Okay, so I haven't been looking, but I have heard, as expected, it's a divisive film. In other words, I've heard some, this is a masterpiece. Um, everybody involved should get Oscars. Mm-hmm. You know, so on and so forth, and then I've heard some people. Nobody I've nobody I've, nobody I've read or heard, um, or seen online has said this movie is crap. Nobody said that. Okay. What I have seen is that great performances, but no real. You know, the story is just lacking, or the story um, doesn't deliver. And then mm-hmm. what I've also seen is some of that. Hey, it does actually glorify you know, the type of thing that you don't want to see glorified, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, in this type of film. In mm-hmm. other words, a lot of the the fears and worries that we had are justified or came true. So it, to me, it's one of these films, like, we're going to have to go see to find out for ourselves. Um, but to your point, you know, all jokes aside, is it going to hurt, you know, their box office? Because some people may be like, yo, you know, 
these shootings happening, you know, every other weekend. And now people are like, because I saw one report where like the uh, military was on alert or some shit because, you know, they were like, you know, there might be some incidents at the Joker film, you know, screenings um, over the weekend. That's probably going to have some people staying home, man. You know, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's not worth it. I'll just, you know, shit, it'll be on, it'll be streaming in three months, you know, so I'll see it. I'm then. good. I'll see it in the comfort yeah. of my own home. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that is a concern. Um, and it's, some, it's something serious. Yeah. Um, Cause you were talking um, about, you were, you remember you said, yo, let's go tonight. I was. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no, <laughs> I'm straight. <laughs> Give it a few nights to cool off, you know? <laughs> And we definitely going to see it on the south side. <laughs> okay, so right. we're going to stay in Gotham for <laughs> a little while longer. Uh, in fact, our main topic has to do with uh, the upcoming Matt Reeves film, The Batman. Mm. Um, so you feel up to doing the, uh, you going to do the intro? Or you want me to do it? Or how you feel? You, you, you got it in you? Oh, I think I've got it in you. <laughs> All, All right, right this is you. episode three of Mad Unreal. Let's go. All right, Matt Reeves, Robert Matt Pattinson. Reeves. Let me let me ask you: Have you seen any of the? I've asked you this before, but I forgot what you told me. Have you seen any of the um, the Planet of the Apes movies? Matt Reeves, I think, did the last two. Did you see any of those? Um. I didn't see the very last one, so I saw the middle one. Okay, what so I saw a Matt Reeves. I thought it was very good. Mm-hmm. I've not seen it. I, I wanted to watch them actually this week, but I didn't get to it. But I've never heard anybody say anything bad about these films. By, by no, they're good. Yeah. Films. So how do you? So when he's when it was announced that he's taking on the Batman, you were okay. This is this is a good move. Yeah, I mean, I was pleased. They they uh, they swung for the fence. They they they. I mean, Warner Brothers, you know, Superman versus Batman aside, Justice League aside, they mm. they treat Batman with the highest level of respect. Yeah, I mean, even bringing him into Batman v Superman was a, it was a slight towards Superman, towards um, Henry Cavill's Superman, um, an unnecessary and undeserved slight, even though I didn't like... Man of Steel, I liked the first. I loved the first half of Man of Steel, especially mm-hmm. the Jarrell stuff. Oh, loved God. it. That yeah. was the best part we of need, the film. Yeah, we need a Jarrell movie. We need a Jarrell movie. Still haven't got a Russell Crowe Jarrell movie. Um, but you know, I didn't like the the third act of that film. I thought it was just you know mm-hmm. got completely off the rails. Um, but to that that said, I still think Henry Cavill was a great, a, a, a good. I'm not gonna say great, but he's a very good Superman. Yeah. So to but they they you know were nervous that making a Man of Steel two wasn't going to deliver what they wanted to deliver so who do you call when shit is you know when you need to make that money call batman call batman so yeah they've always treated him with a high degree of of respect and even getting ben affleck you know going after ben affleck was a was a power move like Mm -hmm. we're just not gonna get in you know we got to follow christian bale with somebody um high post and they got ben affleck Mm -hmm. so but yeah i think matt reeves having not seen the planet of the ace films which is something i'm going to rectify I still was like, okay, this is, you know, this was, this was more proof that they're going to treat this next film um, in a certain way. And, you know, he's since, you know, being attached to the film, he has said he wants to showcase, you know, the detective aspect of Batman. You know, he wants to get back to the, to the, to the roots of Batman Mm -hmm. and the roots of Gotham city. Um, So this announcement that we're going to talk about today was actually pretty exciting um, to hear that, you know, Jeffrey Wright is in talks 
um, to be the next Commissioner Gordon. And so you bring Jeffrey Wright. Felix Lighty. Felix Leiter. I forgot who he, my man, what was his name in a shaft? I forgot, but he played, forgot the character he played. I, that was like his first, I think, major film role, I think, mm-hmm. um, was opposite uh, Samuel Jackson and Shaft. Um, opposite Christian Bale, actually. I, I just thought that. Christian Bale was uh, in Shaft. He played, he uh, played the, um, the rich kid. Um, in this last one? No, in the one that came out, actually, you know what, I looked really quickly. You mean um, the Sam Jackson, the first Sam Jackson? The first Jackson Sam one? Jackson shaft. Oh, yeah. Um, what year was that? 2000. So we're talking 19 years ago. Um, he played, let me see. I just remember Christian Bell was in that film. That's crazy. Small world. Um, Christian Bell played Walter Wade Jr. So he was a spoiled kid. Jeffrey Wright played Peoples, Peoples Hernandez. I gotta forget oh. that. Um, he was wild in that film, man. He was, I mean, he he took on, uh, you know, he showed in that movie what type of actor he is. Because you could, when you left that film, you'd have swore that was his real personality. And then you see him in another movie, completely different person. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's that's wild that him and uh, Christian Bale were in that that film together. So yeah, so to see them go after Jeffrey Wright for this role, that's. That's, that's that shows what this next iteration of the Batman is going to be about. But the interesting aspect to me was that okay, now we're getting a if this if this actually pans out, he get he, you know it's confirmed that he's he's going to be Commissioner Gordon. We're getting the Black Commissioner of Gotham City. How does that change things? Does that change things? Is Matt Reeves going after him simply so he can have you know a quote unquote diverse cast or? Is this going to be the first Batman film we see which actually tackles some real life issues? Because mm-hmm. let's okay. So I, go with me for a second here because I've been thinking about this. So I was thinking back to why, you know, because like you said earlier about how Gotham in itself is this major figure in whatever Batman story you're telling, right? <clears throat> in the grounded Batman stories, right. you know, Gotham City is the character. It's the Batman, Gotham City, Alfred, Joker. You know, it's like these are all characters. So I was thinking about why, you know, personally, there's a couple of reasons why this interests me, this, this um, Jeffrey Wright thing interests me. And on the personal side, I was thinking about, to me, Gotham, in my mind, has always been a kind of a stand-in or a parallel for Chicago. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for a few reasons, personally, this is a personal thing. When I was very, very young, Chicago was the first like metropolis that I came to. You know, I, okay. came, I had relatives here, so I came here probably, I was I was probably seven or eight years old was the first time I ever visited Chicago. It was the first, like, you know, huge city that I'd seen. Mm-hmm. And so it had, a, you know, obviously had a big impact on me, a big impression on, on me. So, and then over the years, I kept coming back until finally I moved here. But the, also the thing that gets me about Chicago and is always kind of parallel with it, you know, it made me draw these parallels between it and Gotham is just the aesthetic of it, the way it looks. So you have, unless you live in Chicago or New York, you, you know, you, there's, there's other major cities in the U S of course, but there isn't a downtown Canyon of skyscrapers, you know what I'm saying? Like, unless you're in, in, you know, Chicago is a birthplace of the skyscraper, but unless you're in Chicago or New York, you don't really get that effect, you know, just going down streets and being enveloped by all these tall buildings. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's Gotham to me, you know, reading the comics coming up and seeing Gotham city, then coming to Chicago was like, this is Gotham city. Yeah. Um, so there are those parallels. And then also 
as I got older, you know, reading about, especially when Frank Miller took over and he started writing, you know, The Dark Knight and the, the year one, there was that element of the mob, you know, the Gotham City mob, there was real correlation between that and the um, legacy of mob and mafia in Chicago mm-hmm. um, and some of the characters and just some of the language and just the, you know, the, the feel of it. You could see there's direct, you know, it was drawn from the city of Chicago and Neil Adams, who was um, a famous Batman artist from the seventies. I remember Neil Adams said in one interview I read that he based, you know, some of his, 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 the aesthetic when he drew Gotham, he based it on Chicago as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's, you know, Christopher Nolan shot, you know, most of Batman begins was shot here. All of the dark Knight, except for that Hong Kong stuff was shot in Chicago. Um, and, you know, Christopher Nolan spent some of his childhood in Chicago. So he had a, you know, had an intimacy with the city. But outside of that, there was, you know, it just gave him the feel he needed for Gotham City. So there's those strong parallels between Chicago and Gotham. So I think about, okay, there's a black, you know, um, we don't call him a commissioner. We call him superintendent. There's a black superintendent of the CPD um, in Chicago now. But I think about the, you know, in in, in, in the comics, how Gotham is portrayed as this you know, corrupt city where, you know, it's basically the Chicago code, you know, it's like, or the Chicago, the machine, as we call it here, mm-hmm. the democratic machine and mm-hmm. all the corruption with the aldermen and the mayor's office, all the stories you've heard. If you ever been to Chicago, or if you grew up here, you know, all these stories, there's that feeling of that in the Gotham in Gotham city. And so you think about, okay, is Matt Reeves going to insert a black commissioner into the city, how does that change things? You know what I'm saying? How does that, how does he relate to the violence that's going on in the city? Hmm. How does he relate to say the gang violence or the problems in certain neighborhoods, you know, um, where they are used to having either a white commissioner or white politicians or white aldermen or congressmen or whatever. Um, Those are the people in power. You know, how does this relate? Also, it made me think, is this going to be, you know, where, where does this where does this take place at? Is this going to take place early in Batman's career? Robert Pattinson is playing Batman. So we can we can guess from that. We're looking at a I don't know, Batman probably in his early 30s. Yeah. So you remember in Batman Begins, he had just turned 30. Dark Knight takes place shortly after that. He's mm-hmm. in his early 30s. And then there's that huge, you know, uh, time jump between Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. So I'm wondering if this film kind of theoretically in our minds is going to be in between say dark Knight and dark Knight rises mm-hmm. um, where Batman is kind of like an outlaw, but he's still working with commissioner Gordon. Um, or is it going to be, you know, commissioner Gordon as an earlier commissioner Gordon, maybe even a Lieutenant Gordon or a captain Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he has to reluctantly, you know, kind of get involved with the Batman to help save the city. I guess, Ultimately, it depends upon where they're going to place him and also what is going to be the outlook of Commissioner Gordon. You know, the best to me, the best Commissioner Gordon, the best Jim Gordon is a conflicted Jim Gordon. Because I asked you earlier, have you I'm holding up Batman year one, yep. Frank Miller. You said you've not read this before. Not right? that one. Nope. OK. This is probably one of the most conflicted um, portrayals of Jim Gordon, because early on in the book, this is the first year of Batman, yep. Frank Miller and David Mazzuchelli's Batman year one. He's coming into the, I think the opening scene is basically Jim Gordon is coming into the city. Um, and I think he's actually coming from Chicago actually. Hmm. Um, Cause Chicago and New York exist in a lot of the DC books. 
they exist, even though you have Metropolis and Gotham, you also have New York and Chicago. Okay. Um, so I think he's actually coming from he 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 coming from the Chicago police force, and he had to leave that force I think because he exposed some dirty cops or something. So he's coming into to Gotham on the train, and he's just like, you know, already feeling conflicted because Gotham has this reputation of just being completely fucked up. Uh-huh. And he has a he has a, a wife, and he made her come in on the plane. He didn't want her to see how fucked up the city is. He wanted her to come in on a plane and just, you know, land at the airport is nicer that way. Mm-hmm. He's coming in on the train because he can't afford two tickets. His wife is about to take a pregnancy exam or pe- pregnancy test. Mm-hmm. He's hoping it's going to be negative because he doesn't want to raise a kid in Gotham. So already we're getting conflict. Mm-hmm. Then later on, he, in, in the same, a uh, couple issues later in uh, year one, he gets involved. He starts to fall in love with um, one of his sergeants. Um, so he, comes he comes very close to having an affair mm-hmm. all these conflicts and then on top of that the batman emerges mm-hmm. and so you have this figure he's in he's a, he's in this very corrupt police you know gordon is in this very corrupt police department in this very corrupt city where there's really no difference between the cops and the people that they're going after yeah and now all of a sudden this vigilante appears mm-hmm. it's gordon's job to go after the vigilante and he he does go after him but at the same time, he starts feeling conflicted. Like, do I need to bend the rules? Do I need to do this? So it's 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 a very intricate and um, interesting portrayal of you know Gordon. And really, it's called Batman Year One, but it could be Batman Year One slash Gordon Year One. Hmm. So I'm wondering if you introduce a black character into that type of conflict, you know, as you as you and I both know, if you are black in America, that you take conflict, you become black and now you double the conflict. Now you got, you know what I'm saying? There's extra conflict there. So if that's what Matt Reeves is going after, that could be, not only is that thrilling, that's something we haven't seen, you know, in any comic book film. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm trying to, I'm, you know, any, I'm, I'll say this, any mainstream comic book film, we haven't seen that, that type of racial, um, that dynamic racial portrayal, you know, of what it means to be black and in this position, you know, in this city. Right. Usually that role is played by an alien of some sort. Exactly. You mm-hmm. get that with um, Avatar, yeah. you know what I'm saying, or something of that. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, well, they kind of, um, they uh, they abstract it, basically, um, yeah. to kind of remove some of the, you know, the nuance. or The some sting. Of the, the sting, yeah. yeah. They take the sting out of take it. Take the sting out of it. Um, but this, this may be an opportunity. So that, to me, that's exciting, if that's what he's doing. Yeah. The question is, is that is that what he's doing, or is it just going to be, Jeffrey Wright happens to be black um, playing Commissioner Gordon. That could depend on who the villain is. In what way? What do you mean? Well, so in the Nolan series, um, particularly the Dark Knight, but ba- Batman Begins also, Gary Oldman's portrayal of Jim Gordon, mm-hmm. um, he, you know, he, he, he was also conflicted. Because he he knew that he was working within the construct of a corrupt police department. Right, he was right. trying to get things done. Yeah, Nolan pulled. The Nolan did. I should say Nolan did pull from Year One and yeah. and um, Long Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Though. Um, so I thought that was that was a good template mm-hmm. for for a conflicted Jordan. Excuse me, for a conflicted Gordon. Um, I say it depends on it could depend on who the villain is because in Batman Begins the villain was the Scarecrow mm-hmm. and the Scarecrow is you know a second tier nemesis to Batman right a lot it, of people didn't know who the hell that was until the movie yeah uh-huh. mm-hmm. um, 
and then they pull out you know they pull out the big guns for the sequel right um here there's a rumor that jonah hill um it's gonna be could be either the riddler or the penguin i'm hoping it's the riddler um do you not so you'd be upset if he was the penguin why, why let me ask you this why do you hope he's the riddler I just like the Riddler more. Oh, okay. Yeah. The Riddler is a little more. We haven't really seen, well, we saw Jim Carrey's Riddler, but we haven't seen the Riddler, Riddler taken really seriously. Yeah. Mm. Um, but if he plays the Penguin, then he would. But see, yeah, because he plays the Penguin, he's going to get those Danny DeVito c- c- comparisons from the second Batman mm-hmm. film. I mean, that, that might, I don't know, Riddler might be more of a challenge for him to play because Jonah Hill is, is. Um, I mean, notwithstanding, um, you know, um, the Wolf of Wall Street, mm-hmm. but you know Jonah Hill coming up, you know, he, goofy. you know, cute, goofy. Yeah. Um, but specifically, you know, in Batman films, the the villain terrorizes, you know, white people. Mm-hmm. It's like <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Right. I mean, no villain's going to come to you know the south side of Chicago right. and you know right. start some shit. Right. It just just hasn't happened. Even before. the Joker didn't come. To the Even south. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. He, south Loop was like as far south as he <laughs> yeah. can. Right. Yeah. 18th Street. I'm good. Right. 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 Um. But um, I think that uh, I think that I okay. So here's what I'm hoping for. I am hoping for a prominent Gordon in in the way, but even more so, but in the way of how Gary Oldman was a prominent Gordon as a sidekick at, to, to Batman. Batman. I'm hoping for him to be even more prominent than Gary Oldman. Because why? If, so if you're going to cast Jeffrey Wright, and, you know, Je- to, to be honest, like, I mean, you could say this about a lot of black actors in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been used to his full potential. Correct. He's, he's in, I think in, he's in two movies right now, Gold Finch and then I think there's a movie called The Laundromat coming out. Then of course he's, you know, reprising his Felix Leiter role mm-hmm. um, next year in uh, uh, No Time to Die. And I mean, don't forget uh, Westworld. Westworld. He's on Westworld. Mm-hmm. Do you watch Westworld? I, I couldn't get through season one. Okay, yeah. I've never And he was the reason I was just, so. I kept at it. Okay. All right. I mean, but bottom line, he's one of the best actors in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's so... I'm hoping, hoping is hope that he's not being cast as check the diversity box. And, yeah. you know, he gets, you know, 10 minutes of screen time. Or I mean, I like think that. the editing room will tell the story, mm-hmm. if you pardon the pun. But um, I don't script. think that he's going to be, well, the editing room. Because, I mean, there oh, could yeah, be some good scenes cut that out, just right? get cut. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't think that he would be underutilized. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm hoping that his role, because, again, going back to, and, you know, Nolan, um, Tim Burton, some, but really Nolan and even, uh, I don't know, Snyder so much, but definitely Nolan drew a lot out of the Batman year one, um, long Halloween and, uh, dark Knight returns. Mm -hmm. It took a lot of, and then, you know, they took some stuff from other Batman comics as well, but there's literally like panels in those, those three I named that you can see in those three movies. Um, so I, he, he did, you know, he did a lot with, you know, um, some of the material that he had, Christopher Nolan did. But what I want to see Matt Reeves do is really in the case of Jim Gordon, if Jeffrey Wright plays as prominent a role as, as Jim Gordon did in um, as Jim Gordon did in Batman Year One, mm-hmm. I would be very happy. Because, like I said, this the Batman Year One was really the story of those two people. And that, that's kind of what my point is, because, uh, you know, if 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 the villain overshadows Gordon, 
then I, I think we're going to see Jeffrey Wright get underutilized. Mm-hmm. And here's exactly what I mean. In Batman Begins, you really, got a, you really got some screen time with Gary Oldman, and you got to see Gordon fleshed out a bit because mm-hmm. Scarecrow wasn't the Joker. Right, right. Yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. He you wasn't see, so, there was, so there was some balance was, right, right. in was, how you told the story. Right. Um, and Gordon, was our, the character was already established by the Dark Knight, so when you brought out the Joker... And, and he was done as well as he was done in mm-hmm. Dark Knight. It's cool. Right. We got our Jim Gordon. sequel. We got our Jim Gordon. We already know right. what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, here, and I, I, I know that they don't want to call them reboots, but we're rebooting Batman again. Mm-hmm. And I think we're doing it because uh, Superman versus Batman and Justice League didn't do as well as DC hoped in mm-hmm. trying to build their universe. Um, you know, there could be a scenario where... Uh, the Riddler, fingers crossed, um, outshines or at least takes up enough uh, yeah, story same. time. Right, right. I hope that he resists that. Cause, well, let me say this. Let's say let's say this movie is because movies are running extra long now. Like, yeah, they're going like two, two and, two and, and a half, two and a half, two forty five. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, Endgame was long as hell. But not just superhero movies. Irishman is um, Scorsese's movie is three hours. You know, yeah, so. but I mean, Godfather's three hours. Right. Goodfellas three Netflix hours. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, on the on the on the superhero side, yeah, Endgame was like the Godfather too. Right. So what I'm hoping is that if this movie, if he gets two and a half, two forty five or two forty, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that he has enough room to tell a deeply layered, nuanced story where you can have a great Riddler story. Mm-hmm. And you can also get a great Commissioner Gordon story and a great Batman story. That's enough room. But here's here's the other thing added in that may give more credence to your argument. Yeah, is that the rumor is that this is going to be this Batman movie? It's called the Batman for right now. Maybe that'll change, but it's called the Batman right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Is going to be just heavy with Batman's rogues gallery. In other words, we're going to get Catwoman, Penguin, Riddler. Um, I don't know who else, you know, just, you know, he's got one of the greatest rose galleries, you know, him and Spider-Man arguably have the best ones. So we're going to see a lot of these characters and it's kind of rumored. Is he going to be an Arkham? Is just going to be quick, you know, images of some of these, you know, some of these um, villains or what, Mm -hmm. but that, you know, that's kind of like, okay, if it's, if it's, you know, to that level, we're going to get all these villains. Then to your point, it just takes more room out of the film for a nuance. Gordon and when I say nuance I'm saying okay if he goes the route of actually exploring the idea of what Gotham would look like under a black commissioner mm-hmm. um, police police commissioner it's different for a um you know for Jim Gordon for a white Jim Gordon to deal with police corruption it's got to be different than it would be for a black Jim Gordon to deal with police corruption you know what I'm saying what if what if the conflict is that he's you know we had all these these you know uh, uh, prior to the uh to the Trump uh uh, Trump um, presidency taking over the media and everybody focusing on that for a short window. The focus was on police brutality against people of color, correct? Black men specifically. So, if I'm writing this script, which I wouldn't be <laughs> for mm-hmm. obvious reasons, mm-hmm. but if I was writing the script, what would that look like in Gotham? You know, what I'm saying is there police? These police, the police department is corrupt. You know, in Gotham, so that corruption goes into every avenue. So there's no reason to think that. Um, or there's no reason not to explore in my eyes how that police department relates to the community on the south side of Gotham. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? How mm-hmm. does that happen? Or the west side of Gotham, whatever. Um, and then if you're Commissioner Gordon stepping into the role of commissioner, or even if he's just a lieutenant or a captain, mm-hmm. you know, 
there's nuance there. There's story opportunities there, you know? And so again, I'm just hoping against hope that Matt Reeves casting him because he went after Mahersha Ali originally. That's mm-hmm. who he originally went after mm-hmm. for Jim Gordon. Mm-hmm. But then Mahershala got, you know, the blade thing. So that, that killed that. But I actually think that um, Jeffrey Wright is a better, you know, is a better. Um, I think he would do a better as, job I, as, I think, as Gordon. Yeah, yeah. I think he's, he's a better pick for this, but I just don't want to see him cast in this and we don't get to explore these things that we can get. I guess, I guess I'm saying there's, oppor- that's what I'm saying. There's opportunities here for a black, you know, see what a black commissioner Gordon would look like of Gotham city. Going back to my original point, Gotham being a stand in for Chicago. Yeah. I just fear that we, we don't have a chance for that unless there's a sequel. So unless you, there's a oh, Batman okay, too. So Cause like if, if they do anything that looks like an origin story of the Riddler, mm-hmm. it's done. It's not going to happen. Yeah. But but you know are we are we are we to the point where we got enough origin story? They didn't do an origin story with the Joker with uh, Heath Ledger's Joker. You don't have to with the Joker. You have to with the Riddler though. You think so? Uh, let's do it this way. You you don't have to for the Riddler in the same way you don't have to with the Joker. Does that make sense? Okay, so meaning with the Joker, you can just have him tell three or five, diff- three or four different versions of his own origin story, and it's all good. But you can't do that with the Riddler, right? Because the Riddler, although kind of Riddler is kind of off his rocker too, right? He's not, he's right. not Joker crazy, right? Just because you know, because the Joker represents the polar opposite of Batman. Mm-hmm. The reason why Batman is here is the same reason why Joker is there. Mm-hmm. Polar opposite to basically obstruct each other to go. You know what I mean? To be the opposite. Mm-hmm. Polar opposite, but the same in some ways, too. Because, you know, you made a great, 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 great point. When we did the Joker episode. Which which point? You know, I made Had, having to do having to do with the with with the intellectual prowess of the Joker. Right. Right. Yeah. Physicality. He's no chance. Right. But against his, Batman. Yeah, his mind. Speaking of that, not not to get off the topic real quickly, but did you see the Birds of Prey trailer? Yes. What did you think? Okay, I'm going to show up to see feel, a Harley Quinn feeling, movie. You're feeling it. Yeah. It's actually making me, I'm going to watch Suicide Squad now. And I yeah. know, like my man, uh, I think it was, uh, I forgot who on Twitter, my man uh, told me, don't, you know, Suicide Squad is still horrible, but Harley Quinn is really good. Margot Robbie is great in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it meant, watching that trailer, and this is Batman related, um, brought me back to Batman the Animated Series, which is where Harley Quinn was born. She was born on that show. Mm-hmm. And I got nostalgic because Margot Robbie's acts, everything she's doing is just so Harley Quinn that my mind flashed back to that animated series. And that's what got me excited. You know, I was like, wow, that's that takes me back to, you know, seeing seeing that and seeing her with the hyenas and Mr. J and all that stuff. You know, Mm -hmm. it it looks great. It looks great. Um, I'm actually excited about that. But okay. Back to um, the Batman. So bottom line, you're saying if he gets enough time, then we can explore these things. What, what what are the odds, though? What do you think the odds are of them actually exploring some of these, you know, what we've talked about as far as the racial dynamics? of? I just don't think that's going to happen in a superhero movie. I just don't think that's going to happen in a superhero movie. Not in the mainstream one. No, Mm -hmm. no, Mm. no. I mean, you could do something like that, you know, in like Venom. But you can't. Venom is mainstream too. I, I think you could do something like that. See, I just on, don't see Venom as mainstream. Well, he made almost, I think, a billion dollars, man. He's mainstream now. Well, I mean, so is the Fast and the Furious. Yeah, that mainstream. <laughs> That's <laughs> but, as mainstream not... as you can get. <laughs> but I'm saying, you're, I, I think that. I mean, I think to explore something like that, you're going to see it on, um, you know, a Netflix superhero show or HBO super. You know, I. 
but I'm hoping against hope. I'm hoping that because why why pursue? Well, I shouldn't say that. I was about to say why pursue Mahershala a lot, and then when Mahershala drops out, you go and pursue another black actor. I was gonna say why do that if you're not gonna explore his blackness in the you know in that role. But at the same time, like I said, it could just be because they want to say we have a diverse cast. I mean, maybe they wanted a certain levity. I mean, there's a reason why James Earl Jones is the voice of Darth Vader. Yeah, but there's also a reason why when that mask comes off, it's a white man. <laughs> and Return of the Jedi, how shocked would you have been if it was James Earl Jones under that under that that mask when that mask cracked? Mm-hmm. Um, if Anakin was a black man, wow, that's a, now that's 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 an a what if. That's a what if. <laughs> that's a what, what if. if. But um, all right, yeah. so I, uh, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, just. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I, I, I think I think what we want to see is going to take place on the small screen, mm-hmm. not 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 in a theater and not in a film designed to be a blockbuster. That would be I mean, just think about, it, though, how dope it would be to see Jeffrey Wright, you know, get to explore that that type of just that type of nuance in a, in that role. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like and then you get you also get the added nuance of actually giving Gotham something other than the you know good versus evil bad guys good guys standard motif you actually get nuance in gotham what is right what is, uh right jim gordon becomes the harvey dent character right well of, the two, in terms of the hero right the, right but i'm saying you get the that level of conflict you know uh-huh. like i said uh-huh. you get we've gotten that in the comics not in a racial context we've gotten that in the comics that level of conflict but then you take that level of conflict add in the racial aspect of it you give Gotham a whole level of texture that mm-hmm. no, that oh you've my god! Never seen. You give man the relationship between Bruce Wayne slash Batman and Jim Gordon from the standpoint right. of Gordon talking to Batman about restraint right. against people of color because thank you and Wayne doesn't really understand that perspective coming from his world coming thank from you. his world he yeah, maybe be, maybe at one point he looks at him and says dude. How are you a, a rich? Well, he he doesn't know he's Jane, he doesn't know he's uh, Bruce Wayne. But uh-huh. how are you a white man gonna be swinging around? You know, on the South Side, you know, cracking brothers' heads. You know, what, right. I'm saying? what do you know about their life? Right. You know, what I'm saying maybe he comes at it. That to me, that would be you talk about an audience just being like completely. You know, what's what's the term now? Everybody use their expe- subverting their expectations. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I hate that term, but that's that became very popular after Last Jedi. Mm. That you talk about subverting people's expectations, mm-hmm. that would shock people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that would get the excitement going to see, okay, again, to your point about Gotham being a character, now you're giving Gotham, you're giving Gotham some weight. You're giving Gotham layers. You know what I'm saying? You're making it an interesting character instead of this bland, you know, we got good guys over here. Yeah, and they people got walking bad guys and blah, blah. You know, mild mannered like, citizens. If, yeah. this, if this, you know, we've had years and years and years of that. I, the one time, the one instance I can think about on a mainstream level is that, and this, I thought about this when you just said this a minute ago, is in The Defenders, Netflix Marvel Defenders. Mm-hmm. Luke Cage stops Iron Fist from beating up that kid. Right. And he tells him, you know, you, you a white boy coming down here. You know, what do you know about it? He's like, you know, this this dude was just trying to feed his family. So that that was an instance where they actually brought the the um, racial dynamic into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it was it was it was it was it was well done. It, it made me think that maybe um, Mike Coulter is that I think I think this is Mike Coulter. Yes. It made me almost think that he had a lot of influence in how those those lines were written because it sounded very authentic. Mm-hmm. You know, it sounded like something that he would actually say. Um, but yeah, to your point, to see. Jim Gordon 
you know, how he relates to Batman, you know, um, because they become confidants to one another. They come, they I come, mean, to a degree. But at first, there's a there's a huge conflict because Gordon doesn't agree with what he's doing. Mm-hmm. But Gordon sees all this corruption around him, and he sees Batman as the only way. Like, okay, he's effective. This dude is a vigilante. Mm-hmm. He's probably gonna get somebody killed. He may get me killed. He may get himself killed. Mm-hmm. Um, he's breaking the law left and right. But in this city, in this city, he's the best. He's the best option. Mm-hmm. And how does that change if, like you said, some of the criminals he's going after, a lot of the criminals he's going after, the, uh, the, the underclass, you know, how is, how is Batman affecting the underclass? If he just is randomly, you know, going off on these, you know, these escapades, how is that affecting the south side or the west side of Gotham? You know, what are the, um, the socioeconomic, you know, things we're dealing with here? Because um, it's not all about, it's not black and white. There's right. a lot of shades of gray. Right. Um, everybody out here doing this ain't doing it because they, they're evil. You know what I'm saying? It's like they're doing it to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, can you imagine a conversation like that between Jeffrey Wright, you know what I'm saying, and Batman? That that would be dope. That, would be, that, that would be something that is unprecedented in superhero films. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's going to come to a streaming service near you if that ever happens. <laughs> right, if it ever happens. All right, we got to wrap this up. All right, we want to do. Do you want to? Do we have time to do a couple, one or two um, listener questions? Uh, we got any good ones? Um, okay, so really quickly. A week or two ago, we were talking about the Marvel, speaking of the Marvel Netflix shows, we were talking about them on Twitter and we asked, you know, what, because I think at some point it was like, listen, are some of these Marvel Netflix shows going to end up on Hulu or FX? You know, it was kind of, that was a rumor going around and Mm -hmm. it's kind of died down now, but it's, you know, still out there because I think there's hope against hope that some of these things are going to survive. So we asked you, the listeners, if you could save a series, a Marvel Netflix series, which one would you save? So we had um, a couple interesting. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let me let me let me get at one that I thought was really interesting. So uh, Victory C at Victory CB said um, tempted to say Iron Fist uh, for the fine ass Colleen Wing angle. Now let me let me explain this. <laughs> Just let me explain this. For I'm second. sorry. This is your tweet or this <laughs> is your listen? <laughs> See, and this is what I thought because. A couple of years ago on our sister show, Snobs on Film, we did I think we did a review of the Defenders or something. Yeah. And I referred to Colleen Wing, um, who plays um um Iron Fist confidant slash girlfriend slash handler. Um handler. Yeah, basically handler. Mm-hmm. Where would he be without her, man? I mean <laughs> He'd be dude, dead. Oh my god. <laughs> a million times. Um but I refer to her as fine ass Colleen because mm-hmm. she is she is very, very attractive. And it's funny to me that so at Victory C B uh, evidently heard that or maybe maybe he didn't hear it maybe he's been referring to her as mm-hmm. fine ass Colleen I don't know but uh, anyway so tempted to say Iron Fist for the fine ass Colleen, Colleen Wing angle but Defenders for sure because it was one of the best ensemble shows out it would be cool to add elements from all of the other shows to see to it as well Cage's soundtrack Daredevil storylines etc um, would you want to see another Defender series Mm-mm. no no why um I think it would take away from the magic of the first season. So you, you really liked the Defenders the first season? I liked everything other than um, Sigourney Weaver, mm-hmm. whom I really like, but I just had a hard time wrapping my head around her being the head of a you know an ancient Chinese yeah, she organization. Was, she was completely unnecessary. That was, that was, that was a mess up. It definitely should have been uh, Madame Gao. Um, she should have mm-hmm. been the head of that. So mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, I, I think that um, I think that some things need to be you know one and done, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I could I could see them. I don't see them doing another definitive. I could see them maybe doing a Luke Cage, um, Iron Fist, Heroes for Hire. I could see that. And in that case, um, we would get to see fi- fine ass Colleen and fine ass uh, um, Misty as well, um, who I believe has her own series on another network, though uh, a new series. So a uh, couple more real quickly, uh, Matt. Tuxie, Tuxie, Matt Tuxie, um, at Tuxie, Tuxie, Tuxie said, uh, do you think the Luke Cage series has a movie series in it? Um, no, Matt, I don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, don't I think know Luke Cage was, was the show that know. everybody wanted to win. I think Luke yeah. Cage deep down, yeah, everybody really it. wanted, you know, wanted that, wanted that show to win. Mm-hmm. Um, Ironically, Mahershala, speaking of Mahershala Ali, comes back as one of the few people in the MCU that's played two roles. That's right. So he played Cottonmouth in first season that's of right. Luke Cage, and then he comes back as Blade in a couple of years. I thought Cottonmouth was the brightest spot yeah, in, that, in, in, in that series. Yeah, so when what happens to him happens to him, it was like, why? You know, that was that was a major mistake. Um, right, it's like, did, was he busy? Was it a schedule conference? Right, we just I had to get him to another movie. And then the way it happened, it was just like, this is this is bad. This is not good. Uh, so one more at JPNT one seven. Um, Jeffrey Father Jericho says Jessica Jones, mm. uh, except for the second season when they tried to make the villain too sympathetic. It was the only show that really understood what it was—a season-long crime procedural. Um, and he, he added either that or just give Colleen Wing a show. <laughs> we got a whole Colleen movement going on here. We got to the Unreal Army out there. Y'all got to keep the, the Colleen Wing uh, movement going. We might get our own series. Now, I know how you feel about Daredevil, but I do agree. I think Jessica Jones was the best of the four. Daredevil, listen, I've said it before. My top three Marvel Netflix shows very quickly. Um, Daredevil season one. Jessica Jessica Jones season one and then Daredevil season two. Those are my top three. Mm-hmm. Jessica Jones season one was I can't say enough good things about it. I think it was I agree with with uh, Jeffrey. It was like um, it was a season long crime procedural mm-hmm. and it, it was a noir. It was a detective show um, and it knew it, it leaned heavily into that um, and it was one of the best. I think the lead character Jessica was she killed flawed it. to the um, core Kristen Ritter yeah. Kristen Ritter killed that role and yeah she was flawed to the core but it was done in a way that was not didactic it wasn't heavy handed mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of nuance to that show speaking of nuance there's a lot you, of nuance you didn't, to that and show. you didn't lose sympathy with her either you didn't lose sympathy with her the, the relationship between her and Luke was brilliant mm-hmm. um, it was it was beautifully handled especially at the end when she's laying on his chest and I think it was the last episode and just talking to him he's unconscious mm. and she's confessing you know what he means to her and the fact that she's never felt that way about it. I mean, it was, it was beautiful. Um, I just, it hurt me really bad that the, the, the subsequent two seasons did not, you know, live up to that. Um, but we'll always have that first season. So I, I agree with you on Jeffrey. I would love to see Jessica Jones come back. So, yo, we got to go see Joker ASAP. Yep. Um, and probably talk about it maybe next show, just at least to give our opinions. Yeah. We're um, going to, let's just, let's just go to the North side. <laughs> I'll be on the south south side, the deep deep part of the south side, <laughs> deepest part of the south side. Like theater ain't even got a name. You know what I'm saying? This man like, is scared. <laughs> deep deep south like Chris. Shout out to Chris Rock for that joke many many moons ago. But anyway, seriously, everybody be safe out there and uh, keep it unreal. <laughs>